2: contact a couple of days ago, called Pope, James a D3, got it, and his first bucket is open.
3: Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where it's finally real. We're finally here. Real NBA slash Lakers basketball and the dawn of a new king's reign. And by king, I'm talking about the dominance of Pierre McGee. Yes, JaVale Pierre McGee, the next great center in a long line of legendary Lakers big men.
4: His middle name's Pierre.
3: No, that's his alter ego. That's his rap name. Um. (laughs) The hell? How did I not know this? Get used to Pierre McGee, folks. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. LeBron James freaking played actual basketball in a purple and gold Lakers uniform today, everybody. And what a freaking experience it was. So yes, forgive us tonight as we get through all of our rote fluff rhetoric and all of the I can't believe the last preseason game that I felt this hype for, stuff like that, but uh, it's going to happen. So just deal with it. It was fun. It was lit. It was transcendent. It was history in the making. Tommy, how did you feel tonight? Your, your guttural reaction what was your the lead up to today for you?
5: Team sucks.
3: <laughs> oh God, we're back. We're back. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
5: Um, today, uh, today I was super pumped for this game. Uh, it feels like we've been waiting for so. I mean, we have been waiting for so long, but it, it even today, it's weird. Like this whole past week, it's all been kind of dragging. And today, just it felt like everything was going at fifty percent time. I don't know about you guys, but I was sitting around. I woke up at like eight o'clock this morning, and I just every thirty minutes I was looking at the clock, and I was like, oh, "What the? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed <laughs> to do until 6.30? Um So it was a lot of anticipation, um, and I think it delivered for the most part. It was a pretty fun game to watch. Uh, When, you know, our guys, uh, the guys we wanted to see were playing and uh, yeah, crazy. I don't remember the last time being this hype for like the first preseason game.
3: Yeah. And most of all, the guy that we wanted to see play, played, that's LeBron James, actually played more than probably any of us had anticipated. Uh, The Lakers lost to the Denver Nuggets in their first preseason game tonight in San Diego, 124 to 107. But I mean, the lead up to the game is even including the first play of the game with LeBron kind of touch-passing it to Rondo, and Rondo immediately lofting it into the air to Pierre. Uh, That was such an awesome play to start the game off with. Uh, Alan, what was your feeling coming into this game? And uh, yeah, I guess give me your... We were just talking about it before we went on air right now, but just the difference between all the hype and anticipation uh, towards this lead-up, and then once the game actually started and it hit us that yeah, it's actual basketball again, and we're going to have to dissect every play. I guess just the duality of those feelings for you tonight.
4: Yeah, it uh, it definitely felt like the first, like, six minutes of the first quarter, I had to kind of gain my bearings, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously I was super lit, and... I mean, the first play of the game obviously got me even more emotional, right? Because of that freaking lob from Rondo to JaVale yeah. was like totally drawn up. Like, if we win the tip, this is what we're going to do. And uh, from there, the, the come down like took quite a while. <laughs> so I feel like I have to rewatch that entire first quarter with a more like stable mind. But um, yeah, dude, the whole day was definitely filled with anticipation and no matter how much Football was on, and, and baseball, and other sports. I agree with Tommy. Like, the whole day, it was just, um like, moving in slow motion, for sure. Um, I think when we were talking, like, before media day, we were saying that it kind of felt like the night before Christmas kind of thing. And it's like, oh, God, is that, like, some ridiculous hyperbolic statement to make well if that was like the night before christmas then you know fortunately for us christmas came twice in like a week because i felt the exact same way last night and today so now that the ball's rolling i mean for tuesday we're gonna feel the same sense of excitement and uh yeah dude it was uh it's definitely definitely pumped up
3: i think three hours before the game started pretty much we were all hanging at least for me it seemed like we were hanging on every picture that the Lakers media would put out there, any picture that the any picture or video that any beat writers would put out there of the open practice that they had <laughs> all the way up until that that last second where the ball finally gets flipped up into the air and we started playing basketball, but up until that point, I mean, it just from build-up to build-up to build-up. LeBron James coming out of the tunnel, him high-fiving people, him just shooting a freaking basketball during the warm-up line. You know, it's just... And then it finally happened. And, yeah, it was it was overall just a, a really great experience to finally see LeBron James play basketball in a Lakers uniform, finally see the young guys once again ball out with Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma after hearing all of this stuff about everything that they've worked on improving this past offseason. So, yeah, overall... Uh, it was just fun to get Lakers basketball back. Um, before we get started on tonight's game, though, and just our overall thoughts on having Lakers basketball back, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and interview us on iTunes because the more you rate and interview us, that's how many times LeBron James will blow into not only Lance's ear, but blow towards Lance's general vicinity altogether just to cool him off when he's going through one of his frisky hot streaks. Um, I don't know if you guys felt this, but I, I think I felt this when I saw LeBron James and Lance Stevenson kind of yucking it up on the bench. But if LeBron is the king, then Lance Stevenson is definitely his jester, created solely for his amusement, <laughs> whether it's on the court or off the court, actually. So I thought that that dynamic is really cool to have, really funny to have.
4: I think every, every group needs a guy like that, right?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Tonight, Lance Stevenson's shots actually went in the hoop, so uh, you got to give it up to him for that. Um, also, Patreon.com. Slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. If you'd like to donate a dollar, two dollars, anything helps. All right, with that said, let's get to our general initial thoughts of the game. I'm kind of glad that we got the monkey off our back, so to speak, in terms of getting the firsts out of the way. Now that, you know, LeBron James has played basketball as a Laker, um, now that we've seen how he looks with Brandon Ingram, Cal Kuzma for 15 minutes, uh, we can focus on basketball again and what we need to work on i don't know if you guys get that sense or get that feeling but um tommy what are your thoughts just we can go general and vague and then we can go into standout players players that we thought looked rusty and also just the good and the bad of the game but on the outset what are your general thoughts of this game and and what stood out to you initially
5: thing that stood out to me was um i think how much more confident our two main young guys looked kuzma didn't have and when i say two main young guys i guess i'm for purposes of this game, referring to Ingram and Kuzma, um, Kuzma didn't have an amazing game efficiency-wise, and he missed a couple of easy shots. But he seemed to be much more confident and in control. I mean, there's a little aspect of Kuzma that's a little bit out of control sometimes because he's still pretty young and and he's just so eager to make a play and and you know get a good shot that he he sometimes uh, has a tendency to over dribble or dribble into a crowd or you know stuff like that, but. I thought he looked a lot more poised um, and fluid, and he was, you know, uh, getting around the moving around the court so quickly. His defense looked much improved in terms of sliding his feet and anticipating. And Brandon Ingram mm. just looked amazing. Uh, he he looked like probably I mean him and Ja like we're, those were probably our <laughs> two best players tonight. Um, but Brandon Ingram is just if he plays like this. You know, and if he plays like this and the Lakers do well leading into the All-Star break, Brandon Ingram could easily be an All-Star this year. I I mean, like, this dude looks like he's primed to score at over 20 points a game on, you know, efficient shooting numbers. Um, And he's just going to get so many shots easy, you know, easily created for him by Rondo and by LeBron and Lonzo when he gets back. So... It makes his life so easy and he's really good at moving off the ball and putting him in, himself in a position to just catch and, and make an easy bucket. Uh, in terms of one bad thing that, that kind of stood out, the rebounding on this team, um, mm. because we're going small so much and because like, I don't, Zubots look pretty bad to me. I don't know. I wouldn't know what he looked like <laughs> to you guys, but if we end up, if it ends up being the case that we really don't have a solid backup five and we have to go small a lot in the second unit, um, JaVale's only going to be able to play 20 minutes a game. So the whole team is really going to have to show up and rebound. And they they all talk about it. I mean, Rondo had seven boards in this game, which is obviously, you know, in 23 minutes, pretty dang good for a point guard. But everybody needs to step it up on the uh, defensive glass because we got killed. I think it was like we were out rebounded by 13 or something. So Yes, yeah, thir- 37 to 50. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, uh, so that's one thing they definitely need to clean up.
3: Yeah, agree with you. And we'll get into Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma in more depth in a little bit. Uh, before I get to your thoughts, Alan, just wanted to throw out some stats from this game. Uh, both teams actually shot fairly well. Denver shot 46%. The Lakers also shot 46%. Um, they Denver made five more threes than the Lakers, although it seemed like they hit a way more than that. I, I felt like every guy that they brought in, whether it was their starters Wancho. or off the... Oh, gosh. He was on fire, dude. <laughs> he had... Five for eight from Malik Beasley, too. Oh, my I God. Know, four yeah. for four. Everybody who touched the ball, it seemed like on the perimeter for them and mostly on the bench, everything went in. So that was insane. And, yeah, like like Alan mentioned, the Lakers got out-rebounded re- 50 to 37. They did have 21 turnovers, which is a lot. They did also force 21 turnovers, which is good. Overall, the Lakers had 26 assists, which is one more than the Denver Nuggets. Brandon Ingram had 16 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, 1 block, and 3 turnovers. LeBron James, 9 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists in 15 minutes, which is more than I thought he would play. He did hit two 3-pointers. Uh, JaVale McGee played 19 minutes, which is a lot, even for just a preseason game, uh, or a regular game, actually. 17 points, 7 rebounds, 1 block for Pierre, who was, I think, essentially the entire night freaking the Lakers' safety valve in so many ways. Um, Rajon Rondo, 2 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists. Played a very Rajon Rajon Rondo-type game, and I think if we didn't have Rajon Rondo on the court, we'd be so lost in this game, so thank God for him. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 15 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block, did have three turnovers and did look kind of OC at the start of the game here and there, but he always showed the effort and hustle. And then Lance Stevenson, Lance Dance, 12 points, four or five shooting, one three-pointer, two assists, one rebound, had a lot of uh, shake and bake into pull-up jump shot type plays tonight. Uh, So, Alan, with all that said.
4: (laughs) I wonder where Lance's usage was
3: tonight. (laughs) seemed like a lot because he was playing point at a certain yeah yeah segment of the second half. But Alan, with all that said, what what are some things that stood out to you, good and bad?
4: Yeah, um I guess I'll kinda start not so much a negative thing, but just a general observation. Like, we all know how hyped Kuzma has been pretty much since the end of last season. And you could tell he's just a guy who worked so hard for every facet of his game and like his life, you know what I mean? That there's no doubt he had so much energy coming into this game, just pent up uh, all the way from April that he wanted to really show out. And, you know, the guys post on social media all the time and they're commenting on each other's photos and stuff saying like, oh, I'm so hyped for tomorrow. Like, let's finally get this show on the road. And I think for Kuzma, there was just so much of that inside of him that he wanted to, just kind of vomited all out there at once. You know what I mean? And he <laughs> felt um, he was uppity. He, like, what
3: you felt he was kind of uppity tonight, uppity um, and erratic.
4: Yeah, yeah. I think erratic is a good adjective to use. I, I would say it was kind of like, <laughs> like like if you have like a pet dog or something that's been like inside all day and then you open the door and you let them yeah, out yeah, and yeah. they just want to freaking do everything, you know what i mean? So, I mean, yeah, him shooting 4 for 13 is evidence of that. Um and when you saw him on the bench toward the end of the game sitting next to LeBron, his body language was just like like you could tell he was like disappointed in himself and we haven't listened to any of the post-game comments or anything yet, but I would bet money that he'd be like, oh man, like I played like crap tonight and like I was being aggressive and this and that, but I, I just couldn't shoot the ball well and I got to make better decisions, blah, 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 blah. So, um, of course we would always rather have a guy be too aggressive, right? than then passive. And that's never been an issue for Kyle at all. So, um, it's just preseason game number one. And if anything, yeah, this is, this is a good sign. It's, it's almost like not to compare him to a guy like Kobe, but mentality wise, when Kobe would come back every year working so hard, you know, he was like, all right, I'm about to show off everything that I put into my game. And, uh, yeah, Kuzma's got that mentality, but, uh, yeah, I think for all of us, the one who stood out the most is Brandon without a doubt. He, he just looks like a completely different guy. We said after media day, he sounds like a completely different guy. It's like he matured and aged another two or three years within one off season and his game, um, looks like that too, based off of tonight. And, of course, LeBron is going to enhance everybody. And I feel like all of all three of LeBron's assists, I feel like, went to Brandon. Two of them for sure. That first um, pass, though. Mm. Dude, that first no look. <laughs> the bounce that pass was sick. That was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he had the one on the baseline where Brandon was fading away from about, like, 9 to 10 feet or so. Um, yeah, and defensively, he's all over the floor. And he, he just looks so much stronger and everything. So he, like Tommy said, it looks like he has, like, that fringe kind of all-star potential and, um, yeah, that was ex- extremely exciting to see that, you know, like we used to say flashes all the time with him. I, we're going to retire that word for Brandon Ingram for sure at this point.
3: He has flashed and he's going to continue to flash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a flashing maniac. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, So, you know, for me, I think the thing that hit me once we got settled in a little bit and honestly, after that first Rondo to McGee play, And as we got into the first quarter, I was like, dude, we're playing so fast right now. I don't know if you guys felt that I could. And maybe part of it, too, was me just being super excited. But I I felt like I was hyperventilating at a certain point watching (laughs) this team. And then as we settled in and realized, like, okay, they're not in sync. Again, quote-unquote, this is just (laughs) preseason. Um I mean, it hit me, yeah, this is going to be a process, you know? It's going to be a process getting used to playing small ball. It's going to be a process trying to play a controlled type of frantic high-speed basketball. And it's going to be a process installing plays that aren't so reliant on the individual talents of all these players to just try and break their man off to either create a shot for themselves or create shots for others. Um, And then most of all, just it's going to be a process really implementing, if we are going to go full small ball, Establishing a defensive identity where we're not just scrapping all the time trying to hold, trying to gain position against guys who weigh 10 to 15 to 20 pounds more than us, you know? So I think. Slowly as the game went on, I kind of just settled in and reminded myself that, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. Obviously, we'd love for things to look like that first play, that Rondo to McGee play, and then we just take off from there. But, you know, this is the reality of everything, and these guys are just getting used to each other. I think Mike Malone even stated that, you know, for his team, they don't have any excuses because they're bringing back essentially the same team. They have that continuity, and the Lakers... They don't have that continuity at all. And on top of that, Lonzo Ball hasn't played yet. So I think that's what hit me. Let's gush about LeBron James for a little bit first as we delve into this game a little bit more. Uh, Tommy, what, what were your thoughts seeing LeBron James play as a Laker for the first time? Did you think he looked rusty at all? Did you, did you, did you think that he played a little more than you had thought? I just want to highlight that one baseline drive where he tried to end Jokic or Plumlee's life with that hammer jam. I just couldn't help himself at that point, And I thought that was kind of funny. I think LeBron just kind of getting antsy out there to, uh, you know, get things going as he saw his team kind of sputtering. Uh, but yeah, Tommy, what were your thoughts on LeBron James play tonight? Um,
5: it was obviously awesome to see him in a Lakers Jersey, just like doing the things that we've watched him do for the last 15, 16 years. Um, It's weird because we haven't had a guy this good in so long, right? So, with all our young guys, you know, we see the flashes, we see the promise, we see even the, you know, execution and and delivery right in front of our eyes sometimes, but it always feels like they're all working super hard to get to that point, right? And LeBron is just so good. It feels like in these preseason games, he's going half speed, but he's just so dominant that it doesn't matter he's still better than everybody else. And it's just crazy how it just feels like there will be stretches of four or five minutes where LeBron completely takes over the game. And whether he's, you know, hitting step back threes or whether he's, you know, creating plays for his teammates or making plays on the defensive end. um, He just has such an ability to take over the game. And I think that's going to be super exciting in terms of how many minutes he played. I think 15 minutes is about right. Um, I expected him to play maybe like, you know, eight or nine in the first quarter and seven or eight in the in the uh, third quarter. He ended up playing only in the first half. So, um, but I think overall minutes, that's about right. I think uh, it's interesting to watch, and it's and it's going to be interesting to see how things progress on offense because all preseason or sorry all training camp, I should say, we've heard a lot of stuff about how they intend to use LeBron James way more off the ball than he's been used in his career leading up to this point. And I definitely felt that in today's game. It did not feel like every single time down the floor, LeBron was touching the ball. LeBron was a focal point and there will be points this season. LeBron James, the best player in the NBA. So like sometimes that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like everybody just give him the ball and everybody get out of the way and he'll figure it out and help us win. Um, but it's nice that we're, it's kind of nice that we're not starting necessarily that way and, and relying on him that much. It's kind of LeBron playing a little passive and playing off the ball and we'll see what these other guys can do. And uh, LeBron will work after that. And he's a really smart player, so he can, he can make that work.
3: Yeah. I saw a couple of plays where he was just posted up and we used him as that post play entry option, whether it's a pass or, you know, him taking that turnaround jump shot for himself. But especially in transition, you could see LeBron just pushing the ball, getting it to other teammates. And, um, you know, honestly, just seeing him sky for the ball for a rebound and then throw it to Rondo or Kyle Kuzma was super exciting to see. Even just seeing him on the sideline getting pissed off at the refs, it it was such a surreal feeling realizing that, he's doing that for our team and you, you just gain confidence seeing LeBron like complain to the refs and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You guys suck. What are you guys doing? Um, but Alan, yeah. What are your thoughts seeing LeBron's first game and how do you think he did?
4: Yeah. I mean, to kind of go off what Tommy said about him playing off ball, the connection between him and Rondo just <laughs> seems like it's been there for years now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and LeBron said the exact same thing during media day that they both have such high basketball aqs and they're obsessive and all this kind of stuff and um he was saying how you know once we step on the floor we're both already gonna know what each other is thinking we're not gonna have to talk to each other at all we could just make eye contact and go from there and i think we could see a lot of that tonight obviously they haven't installed many sets right like if any um for for the offense because they've already said all we've been doing is defense during training camp and uh for those moments where there was some fluidity on the offensive end. I mean, how many times was it Rondo to LeBron to, you know, Brandon or LeBron to Rondo to whoever, right? So, and that's just after one game and essentially just one half. Imagine in a week from now, two weeks from now, um, just how much better things are going to look. It'll be really interesting when Lonzo gets back in the lineup and how Luke is going to craft uh, the rotations, right? Because if Braun and Rondo have such a great chemistry, you would also think that, well, Lonzo's going to have that great chemistry with him too, since he has a very high basketball IQ. But yeah, the learning curve, I think, for Lonzo is going to be interesting. The chemistry between the two of them um, will be really interesting to watch that evolution. And when there are hiccups and whatever, because that's inevitable, Uh, we'll see from the coaching staff how they're going to go about developing and just handling that entire situation. I don't think it's going to be controversial whatsoever, but it will be interesting.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, So let's segue into Rondo, because that was LeBron's pretty much second-in-command tonight in terms of dictating and orchestrating the flow of the Lakers' offense. Tommy, what were your thoughts on, on Rondo? Because for me, I felt like he was a godsend, at least for this first game, especially with Lonzo Ball out, because if he wasn't on the court, we were pretty much getting... ISO ball from Lance Stevenson, ISO ball from uh, Kyle Kuzma. The guys didn't seem to know where to go. And and Rondo's the type of guy who, even if the offense seems bogged down in the half court, he'll find a way to make something happen because he knows where people should be at all times, even when it does feel kind of constrained and suffocating in there, you know? Like, I am I was so impressed by how just quick his instincts are, you know, where he's, he's making these really quick reads and, and whip passes that if anybody else was making them, they'd be considered risky passes. But when Rondo does it, it looks like a fundamental sound play, you know? So I guess what were your thoughts on Rondo tonight and his job, just kind of orchestrating the offense for the Lakers?
5: I thought Rondo did an amazing job. Um, It kind of, he kind of looked like how he looks in all those clips that we watched, you know, all summer that we talked about. Um, He gets so many assists so efficiently, you know, there's guys Mm -hmm. who score efficiently and, Rondo is a guy who just racks up assists so efficiently, and by efficiently, I mean he gets so many assists relative to how long the uh, ball is in his hands. It's like he's barely. It feels like. I mean, yeah, he's the point guard, so sometimes he's holding onto the ball a little bit in the half court, but in general, it feels like he is getting the ball, like constantly touching it and and distributing it to other people, which is like one of the main things that we love about Lonzo, right? So. Whoever ends up starting and whoever ends up coming off the bench, um, I think it doesn't it doesn't really matter because we're gonna we're going to be pushing the ball so much with these both of these guys and both of them can get it out ahead and they make the right play and they make the right reads and uh, it, it's just so refreshing to have. Something like that, because you know Lonzo would get hurt you know last year, or he would be too inexperienced to close out games or you know his shot wasn't falling or you know whatever was going on, and we didn't really have another option, but with Rondo, we have a legitimate you know another legitimately have another option, so it's gonna be uh really good for our team, I think um to have both of these guys i I think Lonzo is probably gonna end up starting when he's healthy just because. Although he didn't show it last year, I think he's a little bit more of a fluid shooter than, than Rondo. And maybe it makes more sense for Rondo to come on with the second unit um, because we have guys like Kuzma, potentially Michael Beasley uh, back there who could score. And um, we need more of a facilitator back there. I mean, you saw tonight when our team, had, I think our two worst lineups uh, when Denver really just blew us out were when LeBron and Rondo were both off the floor. Um, I think when Lonzo gets back, there will never be a time probably when all three of them are off the floor. So that's, you know, another thing that's going to slightly change. And I I really think we will need one of those three guys on the floor at all times um, to make this whole thing work.
3: Yeah, I I just felt uh, very comfortable when Rondo was on the floor. And it just boggles my mind how someone who literally can give you zero points from his own offense can have such a have his fingerprints all over the game. And like like you mentioned, Rondo, I feel like, can facilitate in different ways. He was pushing the pace like crazy tonight, you know, which is what we need. And he can facilitate in the Lonzo Ball type of way where he's just, like, touch-passing it to guys off really quick reads and hitting them right in the chest and to the point where they have open layups. Or he can actually, even without a jump shot, he can create something out of nothing with his dribbles, you know, just because he's so smart and he knows where to direct guys and he knows where defenders are at all times. So I was impressed by that. Just even in the half court when we're not going, we're not whizzing by people, he was still able to, without a jump shot off his own dribble, still create plays. And God damn it, Zubats, I'm pretty sure Rondo was so pissed off at the, <laughs> the two or three bounce passes that he kept giving Zubats and the dude just kept fumbling the ball all over the place. But uh, yeah, Alan, what were your thoughts on Rondo tonight?
2: Well, uh, I'm very
4: sorry, uh, to Vajan. Uh, I know I, I mess up a lot tonight and, uh, I just miss my dad, Larry. I miss Larry.
3: <laughs> I think you need to update your Zubot's impression so that he, like, <laughs> sounds more American. Cause I'm pretty sure his accent's a little better. Uh, but anyways, Alan, yeah, what were your thoughts on Rondo?
4: <laughs> um, yeah, so there is, um, this is pretty, I think this is right when, uh, LeBron went out of the game. The lineup was Rondo, Josh Hart, Lance. Oh, just kidding. LeBron was in there. Well, it was Rondo, uh, Hart, Lance, LeBron, and Kuz. And I thought that was interesting because he just had a lot of uh, playmaking ability out there. But I-, I do agree with Tommy that one of those three, including Lonzo, has got to be out there pretty much at all times. Because we didn't calculate the plus-minus. But as we said, I think, before we start recording, like Lance was a minus-28 I think Svee and Josh Hart, those three guys are out there a lot together, which is kind of interesting because those are the ones that we've been saying like it's going to be a fight for minutes between those three, and yet they played so many minutes together. It was a very clunky, for lack of a better word, looking lineup. And you throw one of those other playmakers out there, it's going to help things out a lot. But um, we know how vocal Rondo is, and even though on defense tonight we look like complete ass you could hear Rondo the entire game, I swear. Like the the microphones are very good for ESPN on court, but you could just hear his voice, right? And it's this very like high-pitched like kind of squeaky, throaty sound. And um Rondo is just being the quarterback, right? On offense and defense. Um there's also a picture that uh not that Rondo's the only player that does this, but the Lakers Instagram account posted a picture of him with an iPad and JaVale McGee and KCP were right next to him, and you could tell, like, they were both looking and listening to Rondo's coaching, essentially. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's... And as you said, he, like, did not really score the ball tonight, but 11 assists in, like, 23 minutes, and it's game number one. Um, and it came in, as you said, such a variety of ways is extremely exciting. So, um, I think in our... Predictions as far as minutes and things like that. We said Rondo's going to be in the low to mid twenties or something like that. That's what he had tonight. Um, so it is a godsend for sure. It's mana from heaven, kind of like KCP was last <laughs> oh, year, but yeah. for a very different reason. And um, it's better than Tyler Ennis.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, that that is definitely for sure. um Okay, before we, I guess, go down the line with with some players that we'd like to con- to, to highlight. Um, I just wanted to ask anybody: Do you guys have any? overarching concerns or anything else that you wanted to highlight I think for me let's talk about the defensive end what are your thoughts on the small ball defense and how it's going to play out this season obviously it's very early but I'm not too encouraged by it (laughs)
4: You didn't like Kyle Kuzma guarding Jokic?
3: No, and he he worked his ass off. I'll give yeah, him no, credit gone, for good that. for Kuz. For but sure, look, but... here's the problem. And look, a lot of us have gripes on the officiating of this game with good reason. Dude, the like,
4: free throw disparity. Yeah.
3: But but here's the thing, though, when you're playing a small ball lineup because our guys are trying to fight for position all the time and clearly exerting more effort and energy to do so, it's naturally just optically going to look like they're being extra handsy and scrappy with it, which will lead to, I think, the perception that they're always fouling because they can't get a good grip on the guy that they're trying to you know defend, um, who has 20 pounds on them. And so I don't know how they're going to mitigate that. Um, there is something to be said about the fact that there were times when we were playing small ball that... I think Denver was so focused on trying to find the mismatch that it got them out of their flow of their normal offense, which nobody really plays post up anymore. So that benefited the Lakers being able to be scrappy and like switch and get some steals. But for the most part, the small-ballness of it all, I felt like it's scrappiness on in two different ways, right? It can benefit the Lakers by helping them leak out and get turnovers, but In another way, it just feels like they're scrambling on defense to to try and cover this big man and then to try and get a rebound. And it kind of looks a little bit like they're chickens with their heads cut off. And we have to be very careful with how we deploy JaVale McGee. You know, I hope he has his inhaler ready, you know, at all times. Because I'm not sure if this dude can hold up if we play him like 25 minutes a night and rely on him as much as we did tonight. Again, first preseason game, we don't know how this will all shake out, but if it continues this trend of just relying on JaVale McGee so much, and you could see at times, like he was pretty gassed out there. I don't know, maybe we'll need to sign another a veteran big man or something. Hopefully Mo Wagner gets back from his knee contusion. He's out the rest of this preseason. Zubots doesn't look like he's up to the task, unfortunately, even though all of the Croatia highlights we saw um, still looks like he has those Butterfinger hands. So for me, I'm... I'm not as gung-ho on the small ball stuff as I was to begin the season. Obviously, I think they will naturally shake things out as they get more comfortable with each other and they actually are able to employ some defensive schemes. But, Tommy, how much of a concern was the small ball defense for you tonight, or the defense in general?
1: This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. The defense
5: in general was a concern. I don't know that I would you know, necessarily say the small ball defense in particular was bad. I just thought our defense overall was bad. Um, part of it was, you know, in the second quarter, Hernan Gomez was just like going off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few of those threes were contested, but Denver is a very, very, very efficient offensive team. And you can't give them decent looks because once they start hitting, you know, some, you give them decent looks, they're going to get hot really quickly. And then everything is going to start falling. And so, you know, I, the small ball thing, it's like, did it help? Not necessarily defensively. There were some stretches with certain lineups where, you know, guys were flying around the perimeter and every everything was switching and it looked really crisp and smooth. But then there were stretches where it just completely Uh, you know, flopped. So, way too early to make a judgment either way. I think, ultimately, it'll be totally fine. Um, Kuzma will be able to contend with most backup centers. Most teams are not, you know, Kuzma comes off the bench and he has to bang around with Jokic, who's going to be playing, you know, 35 plus minutes a game. Or, you know, even guys like uh, Miles Plumley, who's not a super skilled big, but he... Is extremely athletic, or sorry, is it Mason Plumley on this team? Uh, yeah, it's Mason. It's, yeah, Mason. <laughs> Mason Plumley. Um, Mason Plumley, who's like incredibly athletic and you know pretty pretty dang strong, so he can knock guys around too. Um, that will, that's just going to be a work in progress. Frankly, we have to figure out a way because I am not impressed with Zubats at all. I know it's I, I, you know on the one hand I say oh one preseason game, big deal, but. But did this is not, what we've been seeing. You know, it's just like, it, it wasn't even like, oh, well, he wasn't, he didn't really have an opportunity. Okay, yeah, he only played like seven minutes, but he looks so, I, I don't know what his deal is, but like when he runs around, he he's looks like, like so feet. wobbly. Yeah, he he's doesn't look like shoes, very stable. Um, he's like sliding around on the floor and like he... <laughs> it looks like he's, he's using all of his concentration and energy to keep himself from falling over. Um, <laughs> so unless he, you know, improves, which, you know, he's young, it'll could it it'll happen, but unless he significantly improves, we're going to have to make the small ball thing work.
3: Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Williams looked a lot more spry and athletic than, than he did. Um, but yeah, Alan, what were your thoughts on, on the defense in general?
4: Yeah, I agree that it was bad. I mean, so many of the... Like, few notes that I took was just, uh, pick and roll defense is crap. Uh, pick and pop coverage is horrible. There's a lot of miscommunication too. You could see where there's this one play with Rondo. Of course, it's with Rondo, who's going to bite people's heads off and Svi, who's a freaking rookie, where they totally miscommunicated and left a guy wide open for a three pointer. And, you know, those kinks will absolutely get worked out once guys just learn. Um, but there were a lot of times when, Denver obviously shoots a lot of three pointers like everybody knows that and how many times did our guys go under screens and just leave a ton of space Hmm. so yeah like Juancho Hernan Gomez did hit some contested threes but then you've got um freaking dang it what's his name Malik Beasley right was he four for four from three he was like that's ridiculous you know so I'm not I don't know it was it was frustrating to watch for sure I mean, thankfully, our team does scrap and hustle a lot, and the energy is extremely high. And, like, I don't know how many times we saw guys taking charges tonight. Like, Rondo Mm -hmm. took a charge. Brandon took a charge. We we don't usually see a ton of that stuff. Um, But (laughs) it's just funny because, like, last year was this whole thing of, oh, man, all training camp, all we're going to do is work on defense. And then the defense was, like, pretty bad, like, to start, you know Um, or uh, two years ago, sorry, last year obviously was good. And then this year it's all we're doing is defense. Then today they had like 70 points almost in the first half. So, um, we also have to remember that Denver is a fringe playoff team. And like we said earlier, they've, they're the exact same team as last year. So they are going to look relatively crisp. Um, and then, I mean, as far as like LeBron didn't even really playing five tonight. Obviously, I don't think we want to see him playing five in the preseason. But during the regular season, in those small ball lineups, he will be down there occasionally, banging with a guy like Jokic or um, you know some like all star level bigs. So um, yeah, we'll 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 see what happens.
3: Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they had Kuzma playing the five and LeBron was at the four. Um, and it is good that we mitigate the the small ball stuff a little bit by having so many guards and wings who are good defensive rebounders like Rondo, Josh Hart, Josh Barkley. Uh, Brandon Ingram typically averages five rebounds. Kyle Kuzma averaged six rebounds. Um, Michael Beasley, LeBron James, obviously. So we have all these guys who can rebound well at their positions. Um, But you tell me, you guys tell me if I'm reading too much into it. I think the reason why I'm focusing in on the small ball stuff is whenever you implement something like this, and it's not too new but I feel like the guy's main concern whenever they have that you know small ball lineup out there is to get the defensive rebound and when you're so focused on like we got to get the rebound I feel like maybe they're letting their 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 defensive ability lapses a little bit because everybody's trying to help each other out on the defensive rebound again and instead of like whenever I see JaVale McGee in there I feel like guys are just more comfortable knowing that he'll block a shot, he'll be able to get the rebound, and they they are less in tune in terms of, like, I have to get this rebound no matter what and help my teammates out. Does that make sense to you guys? I'm kind of just thinking about the ways that maybe they're so concerned about that aspect of we're mismatched a little bit, so everybody has to contribute on rebounding the ball. Like
4: gang rebounding and then pushing the break, right?
3: Yeah, that because of that, their focus... Is, is swayed a little towards just that versus, you know, let me stick in front of my man, let me try and do this. Do your job. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if like, if a more if a more traditional big man, seven footer, like JaVale McGee was there, they're able to kind of quote unquote do their job, if that makes sense. You know, focus on their on their job. Do you think any of that is in play? Um, I can see
4: that. I mean anytime you have a defensive anchor like a JaVale McGee, it's gonna make everybody's lives that much easier. So I, I, I can definitely see where if like their priority, like you said, is to push the break by having our wings who are good rebounders, it's like you're concentrating your effort not like in the wrong place, mm-hmm. but it it has its ups and downs for sure, right? I, I guess I I can see a little bit of that, yeah. It just
3: leads to more scrambling in general when you can't as easily uh, hold your own against the man you're defending. So, uh, something to monitor obviously, but not enough to press the panic button at this juncture. Um, With that said, let's see, where should we go from here? Um, So, KCP. (laughs)
4: I was just going to say, do you want to talk about
3: KCP? (laughs) I mean, I don't, but we have to because you down with KCP, yeah, you know, not me right now. Um, You know (laughs) Clutch because, oh, my gosh. Uh, So he was 0 for 5 tonight, um, 0 for 4 from 3. He just wasn't... You can the edit thing...
4: this out. Some guy on Twitter was like, did he go back to jail again?
3: Oh, gosh. Yikes. <laughs> um, so the thing with KCP, and, and even, when, even when KCP was doing really well towards the latter end of last season and he was hitting 40% from threes, I've always stated this with regards to him and his shooting, but when he's open and he misses threes, he misses them so bad. I've never seen someone miss wide-open threes as badly as KCP does, you know, where it doesn't even have a chance. And I think that's that perception has always... Wes Johnson? Oh, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so, that, so there you go. KCP reminds me of Wes Johnson. Oh, no. It's either, it's either in the basket or it's way off. And so it just does not inspire any sort of confidence in me to ever consider him a shooter, a legitimate shooter. And that's why it's hard for me to get excited about this guy. I, you know, it's great that he finished this the season last year so strongly. You can't really argue with the numbers, but am I confident anytime he gets the ball to hit that shot no <laughs> so it's a problem and you know maybe i need to revise my minutes distribution between him and josh hart because josh hart can at least do some things with his own dribble you know he can he can at least create and finish where kcp he's just going to jack up a jump shot and you're kind of just hoping that it's going to go in at a certain point otherwise it's going to be a long rebound for the other team so Alan, what were your thoughts on KCP? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know how he contributed today, <laughs> you know. Um,
3: well, LeBron James is on the team, so.
4: Uh, yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, he always gets a pass. Um, yeah, it's, again, it's, it's like we don't want to overreact to things, right? Like, it is just one day, and. I mean, he did apparently, like, work on his body. Like, Rob Palenka said so many times, he looks completely different physically. And I'm like, dang, he didn't look bad before. Like, how much more jacked and ripped and whatever can he be now? But I'm going to take them for their word. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Tonight just seemed like he really had to get in a rhythm. <laughs> I guess that's it. I mean, he tried, right? Like, he was shooting his shots. Um but I, I definitely see where you're coming from where you kind of wince, you kind of like close one eye and squint a little bit like, oh God, like, is this one going to, what's going to happen now? You know, and more mm-hmm. times than not, it tends to be a brick. So it seems, um, I just, I hope, you know, we give it some time. <laughs> and, uh, it was just one of those games where, uh, it just wasn't falling for him like at all. Um, he is very streaky. Like we do know that about him and today was the wrong kind of streak, I guess. Um, And then defensively, I mean, the team was complete garbage and he's supposed to be one of our elite defenders. And on the perimeter, obviously that wasn't really working out tonight. I I can't recall like how his individual defense was tonight. I didn't even like put it down in my notes or anything, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I agree though with the minute revision, how I think I said 24, 24 between him and Hart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's a pretty one dimensional guy. Whereas like you said, for sure, like Josh is more versatile. We know that he has a lot more skills and things to offer. So, um, I, I could see it shifting fairly significantly in Hart's direction, maybe where he's getting like more like 27 or 28 minutes at the two.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think this may come off as a little overreactionary, and it is, and I say this with clenched teeth, but even Lance Stevenson's a little more versatile than uh, (laughs) KCP. Uh, But with that said, Tommy, do you have any thoughts on KCP?
5: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just way too early again to to make an assessment on somebody like KCP. Um, He finished the season so strongly last year. He's a really solid player. I mean, he has games like this once in a while, so tonight was the first preseason game. Uh, he's a veteran, you know, he's not, it's not like he was playing the whole summer. Like some of the young guys, I mean, he, he certainly was playing, but you know, not in the summer league or, you know, stuff like that. Um, so like, you know, like with everybody else, it's going to be a process. Um, offense is typically, I feel like offense tends to come along a little bit more slowly than defense early in the season. Um, and um, so I think that'll be an adjustment period. I mean, we ran like no set or very, very limited sets today. Um, last year, we ran a lot of sets with Lonzo or whoever was initiating the offense at the top and KCP running off screens and getting really good looks. KCP didn't get those same kinds of looks today. You know, if KCP was over 5 and he was exclusively shooting the types of shots that he would get in. I mean, don't get me wrong. He still missed, like, shots he would get in a normal game, but we didn't see him, like, curling around screens and catching and shooting like he's going to be doing in actual games. Um There was a little bit... It felt like he was he was going one-on-one, which is not his strength, or taking contested shots, or, you know, sometimes just missing wide-open shots, but I think that's, you know, a little bit of rust, and uh, I'm still optimistic about KCP. You know, these guys have... N- if everyone's been talking about how good he looks, he has a familiarity with LeBron. You know, maybe he doesn't play half the game. Maybe he ends up playing slightly less than half the game. But I think he'll be a good contributor for us uh, moving forward eventually.
3: That's fair. Um, With that said, what are your guys' thoughts on Lance Stevenson? Obviously, he got more minutes than we had anticipated. Um, So the thing with Lance is the Lance experience is... When things are going good when he's hot then it's all gravy you know he was hitting all of his lance dance shake and bake pull-up jump shots tonight that's going to be very frustrating when he's missing those and it's leading to easy buckets on the other end for leakouts for the other team tonight he was hitting them um he did have two assists he had that steal and play where he led the break and he obviously hustled his ass off on the court which was nice to see uh the guy just plays really hard and that's what you want to see out there on the court and again he seems to uh, quell LeBron on the sidelines and just amuse him. He's he's a very amusing player. And honestly, when the when the offense breaks down, you know that Lance Stevenson can put the ball on the floor and create something out of nothing. Uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know it's a toss up with him at all times. But um, yeah, what were your thoughts on Lance Stevenson?
4: Yeah, it was extremely entertaining to watch, especially that little. Like Michael Jordan style ball thing that he had on the three point line. <laughs> that and is a staple like Lance uh, Stevenson move. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Um, you know, he ended up saying like a 19, 20 foot jump or something and he made it. Um, yeah, he's a guy that can create for sure off the dribble. And, um, it, I think it'll be a very polarizing thing to watch him. And, uh, <laughs> I think when we, it's weird. It's like when we need a spark, he and Beasley are like, Kind of good guys to throw in the game, right? But then he can also stagnate the offense. So if you need that spark, like stagnation is not exactly what you want. Um, but he can get his own without a doubt. And I I think, um, even though at times tonight I was like, Man, his usage percentage is, like, way up there. He's just pounding the rock right now. Like Tommy just said, like, we didn't even really run A sets today. It was basically just street ball. So it's all good. Um, I think defensively tonight, like, there are a couple times where he was trying to get after it and, like, get under guys' skins even, um, like, beyond half court, you know. Uh, So that's the type of energy the guy is going to bring. And it'll just be interesting to see what type of chemistry he develops with that second unit. Who's he really going to run with out there? Who compliments his game best? Uh, it was nice to see him on the break and then, uh, dish it over to Svi. That would, that was definitely good. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I enjoyed watching him tonight, even though I was like, Oh my God, what is happening right <laughs> now? Oh, uh, it turned out okay. And uh, yeah, it is what it is.
3: Everything in moderation, and that goes especially for Lance Stevenson. And again, Lonzo Ball is not here, so that should help things out in terms of uh, neutralize the minutes a little with regards to Lance Stevenson's usage. Um, Tommy, why don't you talk about JaVale McGee, JaVale, Pierre, and just what he brought to this team. And it was a lot, actually. He played 19 minutes, had 17 points, 8 of 10 from the field, 7 rebounds, 1 block. His hands are impressive, and the way that he's able to just, you know tower above people and it seemed like he could have gotten five and ones essentially tonight just because he was able to finish very easily over guys and he ran the he ran the floor pretty well I mean you know all, all those hit-aheads by Ra- Rajan Rondo and Kuzma he was able to he was already on, he was already on the other end finishing those plays so I was very impressed by McGee even had a block tonight and you know was essentially our only traditional big tonight so uh yeah. What are your thoughts on McGee and just his usage?
5: I thought Pierre looked really good. Um, he... he, oh, he <laughs> uh, um, no, yeah. But seriously, he, he looked pretty good. Um, he did... This is exactly what we were hoping for. I mean, this is going to sound so stupid in hindsight, but this is exactly what we were hoping for when we signed Mozgov, right? Like, we just needed a big guy to set screens and finish on pick and rolls and help on defense and JaVale does all those things on defense. He's super active. Um, his wingspan is, although he's so tall, his wingspan is still deceiving. Um, it's yeah. not like he's a short guy with an unusually long wing. I mean, his l- wingspan is still long for his height, but it's, it's, I think it's deceiving down there because he will just swat balls away that, uh, I think guys think they can get over him. And, um, he's a pretty good de- rebounder, a uh, better rebounder actually than I thought. And, yeah, like you said, I think a big thing is that he has really good hands. Um, we have a lot of guys on this team who can do things with the ball. LeBron, Ingram, Rondo, uh, Kuzma, uh, Lonzo when we get him back, Stevenson, even Josh Hart. Like, a lot of these guys can catch the ball and do something with it. And when you have guys who can who can do that... Um, sorry. When you have guys who can do that... Uh, it puts a lot of pressure on defenses and it makes it to where JaVale is going to find himself wide open a lot. And tonight he took advantage of it and all he had to do was catch the ball and make sure he was balanced and go up and finish. And he's really good at, you know, making sure he he's in a stable position and then just quickly elevating and, and like flushing it down. So I think JaVale is going to have a, a really nice year for us.
3: Yeah, and he he very much so was the safety valve for Rondo. Whenever there was nothing going on on offense, <laughs> Rondo was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to just flip it up, and JaVale caught it more times than not. So, yeah, he he was very impressive. His athletic and just physical attributes were on full display tonight. Again, we just have to monitor his minutes, make sure he's okay, um, and find a way to share in the load of all that. Um, so to close the show, let's kind of just round it out again and, and bring it full circle with regards to Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Alan, at the start of the show, you mentioned that Kuzma kind of felt like a a rabid puppy out there, but let's talk about the good that you saw and whether you saw any improvements from him this year because I think tonight what stood out to me was just his intentionality in being a playmaker and sharing the ball. He had that really, really nice hit ahead where he stole the ball and threw it to JaVale McGee for the and-one dunk. Uh, You could tell he was making an an effort to find his teammates. He was only four for 13, but you can never knock Kyle Kuzma for giving his hundred percent effort at all times and just hustling on the court. Um, So yeah. What did you like about Kyle Kuzma's game tonight? In spite of the, uh, him being a little ADD at times and OC. (laughs) Again,
4: I I just think he was so focused on playing well tonight that, uh, it's like his intentionality almost went just a little over that border. You know what I mean? But again, like, Like I said, to start, you much rather have that than someone who's kind of passive and is lacking confidence. Um, It's funny, like we know how much his body has transformed because it seems like when they're playing shirts versus skins in practice, he's always on the skins team. But for some reason, wearing the jersey and actually being out there, I'm like, dang! Like this guy did get bigger. Like you can see the 15 pounds of muscle that Mm -hmm. that he put on somehow. Better wearing that jersey just in his back and in his chest. So that jumped out at me immediately for some reason today more than before. And then defensively, uh, I think he, like Tommy said, he's improved a lot. He had that one two-handed block (laughs) over Malik or on Malik Beasley, I should say. It was like a volleyball player right at the net. You know what I mean? Like sticking both their hands up to block a spike or something. So that's not something you necessarily would have seen last year. Um, And like you said, he he was doing everything with a lot of intentionality. Um, I think as these, I, I feel like his learning curve is just like he, he learns very quickly and he's going to make adjustments every single game. And from day one, you know, today's first game through the end of preseason, I think he's going to make huge strides. He's probably already sent like his own game, like film breakdown to Rondo, like homework to a teacher or something. He's probably like, okay, what did I miss? And Rondo's going to tell him exactly what he needs to do differently since they're like study buddies and Rondo's his tutor or whatever. So um, I'm excited to see his progression. Um, I really want to hear what he said post game. Cause I feel like he's going to be extremely critical of himself mm-hmm. and um, it's not going to hurt his confidence though. And that's the best thing.
1: This is Mike from the almighty baller network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. The TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today.
3: Yeah, I think he really tried to move his feet tonight on the perimeter when he was on the perimeter and not trying to guard Jokic. Um, he did hustle a lot and tried to dive for loose balls and get charges. Um, I still think he is our one of our most versatile offensive players in terms of the types of shots that he can make and create, whether that's attacking closeouts. And guys are just running at him for these three-point shots and... One pump fake and Kyle Kuzma is gone, you know, and then that and then at that point, he can do his nifty Anton Jamison finishing package at the rim because he's so adept at flipping shots up at interesting angles that defenders can't block. Um, so I still think he's one of our most versatile offensive threats. And um, he still made two threes tonight, including one in transition, which, which was nice to see. But Tommy, what were your thoughts on, on Kyle Kuzma and just um, his his development and progressions from last year? I think the big thing for Kuzma
5: was defensively. Um, I'm not even talking about that one play where he slid his speed on the perimeter and ended up blocking a shot. Um, he just seemed way more engaged on that end. Uh, you could tell he's in better shape. You know, he, he was already very athletic for his position last year, but now he seems like even more. I mean, he's bulked up but trimmed down, and like he's like, you know, both. Um It seems like his body fat percentage is lower, but he seems stronger. So that, you know, definitely shows itself on the defensive end when he's sliding his feet on the perimeter and, you know, also able to contend with guys in the post. I think that's still going to be a work in progress. I think he still tends to use his hands too much a little bit on defense, but I like the strides that I saw there. And, um... Like you said his playmaking also took a big leap forward. Last year he was pretty much a scorer when his shot wasn't going down, which granted his shot was usually going down, but when it wasn't going down, it's not like he was giving us a whole lot else. Mm-hmm. Um and it feels like this year he will be giving us a, you know, some additional. It's like almost like Ingram, right? Like the, one of the beauties about Ingram is even if he's not like hitting his jump shot or something that on a particular night, he does so many other things with his length and his you know, ball movement and his ability to initiate the offense. I think Kuzma is kind of heading down that path as well. Um, And it'll be really, you know, obviously really nice to have so many versatile forwards who can do a variety of things with the ball. And even when they're not able to score, although, you know, like, especially in the case of LeBron, that is typically not the case because he's so consistent, but um, it's nice to have guys who, even if their shot isn't falling, they can help us in so many other ways.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think with both Kuzma and Ingram, I don't know if you guys noticed this tonight, but anytime they grabbed the rebound and pushed the ball up the floor, they were in full attack mode in terms of getting their shot, finding the seams in the lane. And they just looked so comfortable and fluid dribbling the ball at like what seemed like 120 miles per hour, you know, and they showed glimpses of that last year but i feel this year even more so they're playing super fast they're dribbling the ball they're barreling down really quickly and as a defender backpedaling it must be so scary to see these wings coming at you these wings who can finish in a variety of ways and to see kuzma and ingram not look like they're bobbling the ball even as they're zipping past 90 feet is i think pretty impressive to see even in preseason game 1 um so with Brandon Ingram, you know, Tommy mentioned a lot of what he liked to, tonight about Ingram and just how confident he looks. And one play in particular that I um, highlighted was his play with Michael Beasley. And Michael Beasley left the game after, how many minutes did he play tonight? He only played like six minutes and then he laughed, he had a head laceration and had to leave. But before he left, they had that really nice two-man game where Beasley flipped outside to the baseline and Brandon Ingram drove and pitched it back out to him for the open three which he knocked down Um, so Brandon Ingram just continuing to assert his playmaking acumen is always good but most of all just him being aggressive and looking under control even when he's doing those gather dribbles amongst three defenders and then laying it in with his left hand like he did on that one transition play I thought that was really impressive (laughs) no that's exactly what it looked like right and um, him just even playing off ball and off off LeBron was really encouraging to see tonight from the first play to the turnaround jump shot that he hit on the baseline. Um, the one thing that I do would like to see more is him just being more assertive with that three-point shot. He hit, he took two threes in the flow of the offense, which was nice, but 0 for 2. And I think overall, I just want the, the Lakers to shoot more threes and hit more threes because it wasn't encouraging tonight. 8 for 25, but LeBron James hit two of those. So really, they were 6 for 23 or so. Um, and LeBron James wouldn't necessarily be considered the quote-unquote shooter because you'd hope that our shooters would play off of LeBron. Um, but with that said, before we get into more of the talk of shooting and whatnot, Alan, what, what did you like the most out of Ingram tonight?
4: I mean, honestly, it's pretty much everything you just said. Um, yeah, like his, his diving to the basket, the cuts that he was making were extremely sharp uh very efficient and when you've got a guy like LeBron passing to you, it's gonna highlight those things even more. Um, I'd imagine in the past that like, you know, there are a lot of times where Ingram and a lot of guys on the team were making the right reads and the right cuts, but often the passes just weren't there, right? Like whoever was handling the ball at the moment probably didn't have the confidence to make those passes. And when LeBron is doing no look bounce passes from about thirty five to thirty seven feet, like he's practically the only person in the world who can do that anyway um so just their chemistry with one another it was like an instant fit Mm -hmm. and uh it was pretty surreal just seeing the starting lineup like you see LeBron James you have Rondo who you know is starting for now you have JaVale obviously you know you have KCP and then you have Ingram it's like oh he's like the one like young child with all these like grown ass men was like the feel that I was like, dang, like our little boys growing up kind of a thing. And he fit like a glove. I mean, he was, he was like the focal point from a scoring point of view in that first quarter. And, um, again, it's just like him coming into his own right now. And, um, he just looked really comfortable out there. I, I don't really know what else to say beyond that, and the the Giannis type euro step, and then the finger roll, which started basically from the free throw line, was freaking sick. Um, and then he, yeah, and then like the steal that led up to it, right, where he cut that passing lane um, using his his length was uh, extremely impressive. So he's gonna be the one, I think, that really takes those leaps that we've been talking about.
3: Yeah, he very easily looked like the second best player on the court in that starting lineup. And I think this year and maybe I notice it more because of his hair, it just kinda of flails in the air and follows. it looks really cool actually. I'm like I'm glad he's doing that. That LL Cool J hair. Yeah, yeah. It looks so awesome, especially as he's speeding down the court, right? I'm sorry, you, you not get... LL
4: Cool J. It's like uh, frick. I'm drawing a blank.
3: <laughs> I, I don't Damn know who it. you're referring to. It's okay. Um but essentially it makes it, it Coolio makes e- Oh yeah, yeah, Coolio, there you go. Um, although Coolio's I I don't think was as free and flexible as as Ingram's, but in (laughs) anyways, I think it just makes him look more dynamic. And I think he's using a lot more change of pace this year with his dribbles, you know, like he all of a sudden puts on the afterburners and he gets to the rim like nothing. Um, so that's really exciting to see. And I hope moving forward, we see, I don't know what the minutes distribution and lineups look like in terms of how many minutes Kuzma and LeBron were able to play together and Kuzma, Josh Hart and LeBron. But I hope we see more of that trio play together because i think those two guys in particular kuzma and um josh hart would benefit off of lebron um even more so um tommy to close the show i mentioned it a little earlier but do you have concerns with the shooting at all or are you just chalking it up to kcp was over four brandon ingram was over two and we're still trying to find our way as sets slowly begin to get implemented here or were you yeah i guess were you concerned no, I'm not
5: concerned. I think we have some pretty good shooters. Actually, um, LeBron is a much better shooter than I thought from three. Um, obviously, I think Bi has gotten a lot better. His, his outside shot didn't look amazing tonight, but again, first preseason game. If you have looked at any of the training camp clips, his jump shot is like wet, dude. It's it, he. It's just like rare when he misses. Like, like Svi has gotten a lot of attention and rightfully so with those training camp shooting videos, but. If you watch the Ingram clips, he's pretty legit at that, too. And then, yeah, like you said, KCP was 0 for 4. Uh, Josh Hart, I guess he hit 1, but he was only 1 for 2. You figure he'll take maybe more. Spee supposed to be one of, like arguably our best shooter. He was only 1 for 5. A lot of those things brought our average down a little bit. Um, I think our shooting is actually going to be totally fine. Um, we just kind of have to... You know, guys will work through it. They'll get used to each other, and, and where they want to see each other in uh, certain spots, and, and they'll know when to hit each other and where to hit each other, and, and those numbers will naturally go up. I think um, it's easy to forget that last preseason, although it wasn't the same roster and it wasn't the same situation, um, we also did not start very quickly out of the gate. I think we, when we got out of the preseason. I think all of us expected that we were going to be a bottom five defensive team in the entire league um, based on Mm -hmm. how things went in the preseason. And, you know, we were able to turn that around. And within the first two weeks of the regular season, we were a top 10 defensive team. So, uh, it's you know, things are going to come together at different times. For us last year, it felt like over a month, uh, maybe two months into the season before our offense finally came together anybody recalls because we looked so fast and fluid and we were putting up such big numbers by the time the end of the season rolled around. It's very, very easy to forget that we lost a lot of defensive battles early in the season where we just weren't able to score more than like 95 points, you know? So uh, very, very early. I'm not really concerned. I think we have decent shooters and, um, and yeah, we just have to wait and see how things, how things turn out or, continue to uh, progress
3: yep those are wise words and good perspective to have after the first preseason game but most of all we have LeBron James as a Laker he hit his first three tonight the rest is history from here it was fun man and it, it's good to be back in, in this way I mean it, tonight was an event an event for a preseason game on ESPN so uh, the Lakers are back and with that comes uh, a lot of chatter and a lot of dissection and uh, and all that from the haters and whatnot but it's important to keep a level and cool head amidst all of this but also not not to forget to just have fun because I mean this is a historic moment this is a new era Lakers Showtime type of deal going on here. The we the Lakers play who do we play next? We play on Tuesday against the next
5: two games are at stables. I think it's the next two. I can't remember who we play in the next game, actually, but we play, we play the, the
3: Nuggets again. <laughs> oh, we do? All right. Yeah, okay. So we get a... a TNT game. Wow. Okay. So I guess we get to play the Nuggets again, and hopefully we fare better that night. And it's going to be LeBron's first game at Staples Center. So that should be exciting. With that said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate and interview us on iTunes. The more you rate and review us on iTunes, Alan, you got anything?
4: Uh, that is how many more minutes Joel Berry third is going to get.
3: Wait, we don't want that. No. This preseason. <laughs> oh, it's preseason. Okay, maybe we do. Or how about this? The more you rate and review us, that's how many more um, JaVale McGee dunk celebrations we'll get on the sideline. You know that thing that the LeBron does with his... uh. I don't know what they're doing on the sidelines, but it's like mimicking the way that Le- that Javale McGee's wrists are so I, high above the I, rim. That yeah, he just dude. Hammers I think they're just it saying
4: he's so damn tall and long, he doesn't even have to like <laughs> jump. He's just tiptoeing and he puts yeah, it exactly. in. Yeah,
3: exactly. He just like throws it in above the rim. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the more ja- ja- Javale McGee slash Pierre above the rim dunk celebrations will get on the sidelines from LeBron James and company. Um, so yeah, with that said, the Lakers are back. LeBron James. <laughs> Bow. oh wait dude dude we didn't even talk about isaac bonga
5: isaac bonga
3: <laughs> <Mr. Isaac. laughs> uh tommy your quick thoughts on isaac say <laughs> um, he has no idea no nobody has any idea why we say isaac bonga but anyways <laughs> isn't it pronounced isaac no, dude. We we just been saying Isak because of heroes, and that's how
0: hero. Uh, no,
5: dude. I'm pretty sure. pretty sure on TV. Isak Bonga. I'm pretty sure, and on uh, nah, 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 I watched them, like pre draft scouting or some and videos. They said or, Isak. They said Isak. I'm pretty sure.
3: All right. All right. Cool. Um, all right. And us end us on a high note with Isak Bonga.
5: Isak Bonga. Wow. What an improvement from summer league. This All right. We're done. In-
3: <laughs> <laughs> we're done. There we go. This guy
5: came in, uh, hey, you know, in, into shut, Summer League. Huge shut difference Tommy's maker, mic off. Dude. He, he just looked like, He's you know, a, a deer in headlights show. in Summer League, but you throw shut him out on a court with NBA players. He belongs now, dude. And he really elevated his game. It, it really makes you wonder, was he holding something back because he was just going against Summer League opponents? I don't know. You be the judge. And we out. We <laughs> out.